Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. All right, thank you for tuning in, friends. Happy November. I cannot believe how fast the fall has been flying, but I am very excited for this month because I have my long-awaited trip back to the States coming up for Thanksgiving, which I am just so excited about. Having spent the past two years in the UK for Thanksgiving, I'm just so happy to eat some good home-cooked food and be surrounded by family and friends. But there is obviously still some time until then, and I have some really wonderful new episodes coming your way. For example, today's episode, which I am so happy to share with you, because our guest today is the lovely and talented singer and songwriter, Maddie Zom. A rising pop artist, Maddie's music is already making waves in the industry. Her breakout single, Fat Funny Friend, went viral for Maddie's honesty and vulnerability that struck a chord with so many. And now Maddie is out with a brand new album entitled Now That I've Been Honest, which takes listeners on a journey through pivotal points of Maddie's life and the emotions she dealt with during those times. The album reveals Maddie's journey growing up in the church as a worship leader, her coming out and embracing the queer community, as well as her move out to Los Angeles, all the way from Idaho, and the emotions she encountered then. Overall, Maddie has an ability to take such personal moments from her own life and incorporate those into her music to make them more relatable to so many others. I was so happy to have her on to learn more about her story and her work, and I am so looking forward to you hearing our conversation. Overall, Maddie has an ability to take such personal moments from her own life and incorporate those into her music to make them relatable to so many others. I was so happy to have her on to learn more about her story and her work, and I am so looking forward to you hearing our conversation. So with that said, let's get into it. You know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so Maddie, I am I am just genuinely so excited to chat with you because, you know, I was just telling you before your album coming across this album and learning more about you and your artistry. I mean, this genuinely, this is why I love bringing artists on the podcast because there's so many new voices in the industry right now and everybody's got a lot to say. And I think this album, now that I've been honest, the we'll get into the tracks and the making of it. Um, But yeah, it's such a beautiful album and I'm so excited to chat. Thanks so much for coming on. You're so sweet. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my goodness. It's gonna be <laughs> so first off, how are you? We're going into like the Halloween weekend, um, crazy, like end of October, but what's, yeah. what's going on on your end? I like have never been a Halloween person, which is a really hot take. I like genuinely, I, it's the one holiday that if it disappeared, I think I would be okay with it. I just like ne- every time it happens, I'm. I literally I'm like oh I don't have a costume like that's not like a new thing that I I do that every year I forget a costume so I'm not a Halloween girly but yeah I'm excited this is the first year that I have friends that are really into it and I'm an ally 
So if that is what we need to do, then I will dress up. And so I have been, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going out. So that will be fun. (laughs) No, I actually, I feel that I feel like the older I get in life, like the more removed, I don't know, the more removed I am from the holiday. Um, but, but at the same time, like, I feel like this weekend, like I have a little like get together, like for Halloween, like a little party. So like those types of things, I guess, keeps it fun, but like. It's a hot take to say, like, you don't care about Halloween, but I, I, I kind of understand it. I don't care. Kind of the only way that you can get me to care about it is if there's a charcuterie board involved. Yeah. I mean, it, that's any party. That's any, yeah, any holiday. Like, so you want me to be passionate about something, you put some cheese and you put some assorted snacks on to a board and I'm there. And I, I will be the most excited one there. Oh, yeah. I mean it. <laughs> well, yes, that's obviously... Um, you know, end of the month, but this has been a crazy month for you. I mean, yeah. having an album come out and dealing with just like all the the chaos, but the blessings that come with that. Yeah. How have you been, you know, handling all of that? Good. I mean, it's crazy. The album is so, it's so weird writing an album because a lot of the songs I've written like a year and a half ago. And so putting them out, it's super interesting because people are literally asking you questions about stuff that has happened so long ago um and it's been so cathartic to be able to release it um because i've been thinking about them for so long but um if i i, I re-listened to it actually like a couple days ago and and i hadn't listened to it in a really hot minute and i was like damn like okay maddie like i actually really like this because you get to a point where you're sick of it like you really do and then you re-listen to it when it's released and you're like oh wait yeah this is what I put all the effort into it. But yeah, it's it's a very honest album though. So it it there is definitely a lot at stake when it comes to releasing it. But I've kind of always said that if it doesn't freak me out a little bit, then it's probably not my project, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, quite literally the title, Honesty is in it, now that I've been honest. And in the album itself, you know, it really it's it's all that. It's as a listener, I just felt you pouring your heart and soul into it. I'd love to get into the process of like, what was that like? Because you you share a lot of vulnerable, I mean, the album itself really kind of chronicalizes different stages of your life. Yeah. Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, anything that you're comfortable with, but it, it really does outline kind of your upbringing, you know, growing up, you're from Idaho, right? Yeah. Boise, capital city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love Boise so much. Yeah. And, and you talk about your upbringing and growing up within the church, um, your journey with coming out, and then just sort yeah. of how you're navigating life now um, as a young adult, as someone kind of embracing, you know, a, a part of themselves. And I think there's just really, truly just a lot of vulnerability exposed in this album. Yeah. Um, what was that like getting so just so real, open and honest? Yeah. Or are you typically like that as an individual or was that sort of a new thing opening up in that way for the album? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think when I wrote the album, the interesting thing about my music is that I think sometimes when you listen to it, you kind of assume that maybe I'm like writing it to be relatable or writing it to be like, Oh, like I hope people like listen to this and relate. But most of the songs that I've written on the album and pre the album that I've really loved have been the songs that are helping me process things. So like that album, 
I really wasn't even thinking about writing an album when I was writing it. Like I was just going through the shit that is on the album. And so writing it was very um, painful. And I wasn't really, I wasn't thinking about them being released. And I think that's why I share so much in them is because I just wasn't even being mindful about the fact that I was going to have to share them because that wasn't my intention. And so that's why there are names in it. And because in the moment, it made me feel so much better to be able to just say their name. Um, and when it comes to me in my normal life, I'm actually really trying to find a middle ground, especially as I'm growing up. And I think that, you know, two years ago when, when I had all these like convictions of coming out and leaving the church and, and everything, like all of those things, I could not, share more like I just wanted to be able to say the things that I felt like I had been hiding for so long and so it felt very um chaotic and like not I wouldn't say manic but just this like oh like finally like here like here are all the things it's cathartic. that I've been yeah it's cathartic yeah um and now it's it's funny because I I've found more I'm finding a middle ground of of figuring out that I actually also want things for myself. And this is the first time in my life. And I don't know if you just like turn 25 and something hits you where you're like, no, I don't need to share that. Or no, they aren't, they don't need to know that. And I'm, I'm finding a, a middle ground of, of how to be authentic in my music and also how to protect myself from not feeling like I owe everybody everything. And so it's been really interesting mm -hmm. to figure that out. Because when I walk in now and if people listen to my music, you would assume that I am this person that is just ready to like hear about all the things that you're going through and tell you everything that I'm going through. And, and I've found this really interesting juxtaposition that the more honest my music gets and the more in-depth the music gets, the more I feel the need to kind of protect my peace in, in public settings. It's very interesting. I don't know why I'm getting into this, but it's, I've been thinking no, a lot about it. Yeah. I, I could only imagine that's sort of the, cause you're, so vulnerable in one capacity yet like you have to kind of remain kind of guarded like you said in others yeah. um and I think just even surpassed the the tracks itself like even the music videos and making the music videos you yeah. really opened up your your personal life with that the one if you wouldn't mind kind of walking um me and just everybody else through kind of the backstory behind yeah. um you know one of your one of your music videos for um I believe it's for you might not like her right yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Your dad is plays a, a role in the music video. And I just, if you wouldn't mind, I guess, sharing a little bit about that story yeah, and 100%. what it was like kind of making, you know, that decision of like allowing him to be, to be in it and, and kind of work yeah. with him and your family on that. I just, I, I was really, you know, touched when I, when I watched that music video, it was so lovely. And yeah. um, yeah, I just love to hear kind of like the backstory behind that and how that all came into 100%. play. Yeah. Um, so growing up, my dad was kind of the the toughest cookie to crack when it comes to like being an ally. Like I, I love the guy so much, but he was really raised in a family that that was just not accepted and it wasn't tolerated. And something that I have always kind of been not proud of myself for, but I do think that I am somebody that is approachable to have the tough conversations with people that believe things that I used to. And I want to be that person um, because I think so often 
I think that I I could have I could have just come out of the closet and been like fuck you all I'm gay now like I don't need to have these conversations you don't deserve my space you don't deserve my time mm-hmm. um and for some people that is that is the way that they need to deal with it and that is if 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 no contact and those kinds of things is better for your mental health I get it but for me like I really do empathize with people that like my dad who had been raised in families that it wasn't supported and it wasn't talked about. And how can they know if nobody talks to them about it? How can they know if nobody has those conversations? And I, and not everybody has the capacity to be that person to have those conversations, but I do feel like I have the capacity to be that person, not with everybody, but especially with my dad. And I remember it was so funny. I think of back and I'm just like, oh my God, the closet was literally class. Cause I remember being like 15 and like getting into like an absolute debate with my dad about how bisexuality is a thing. And like they, you know, it's, I just remember getting into it with my dad and having conversations and, and him being, he was always so funny. He's like, and even though I disagree, like, I just think your emotional intelligence is really impressive. And I always felt that way about my dad too. And Mm-hmm. So when I came out, there was this level of like, no, you're not. <laughs> and that was really difficult <laughs> because that wasn't a debate, nor was I looking for your opinion on it. I'm telling right. you my identity. And the response was, well, I think that you're going to end up with a man. <clears throat> and that was really, really hurtful. And something that I, and I ended up going back in the closet for a little longer because I was like, if my dad is saying that about me, then like, maybe he's right because he knows me. Mm-hmm. And when I finally knew that it was my identity, I mean, you can only kiss so many girls until you're just like, well, shit, you know, like there, there, you, there is a, there's just, you know what I mean? What can you do at some point? At some point, it's just like, you can't, what, what is there to do other than come out? And so I, I, Remember we went home to film You Might Not Like Her and my dad was just, I think he was just heartbroken, like seeing how happy I was, how just myself I was finally being out. And I think it just broke his heart because he really, I think it clicked in that moment. Like, oh, Uh -oh. like this is her, like this is her. Like I've never seen her this happy. I've never seen her this sure of herself. And it was time to film the music video, You Might Not Like Her, where I basically go through what it was like to be plus size and and gay and all these kinds of things. And there's a scene where we had hired two people to play my parents. And um, my dad came in crying and it was literally 10 minutes before the scene was supposed to be shot. And he asked if he could play himself so that he could give me the coming out that he feels like he didn't get to give me and that I deserved. And I just lost it like still still cry to this day every time I think about it um my dad hates attention other than from my mom and me but like from everybody else he hates being on yeah just and so that was a one take situation and that was my actual coming out and yeah it I still cry about it when I think about it but yeah Anyways. I mean, how could you not? It's it's so emotional. Yeah. And when I, yeah, when I saw the video, it was just, and when I later, you know, had found out about your dad being in it, I just thought how beautiful. 
And, you know, props to you for trying to, because you didn't, like you said, you didn't have to do that, but you tried to find somewhat of a common ground and, and, and to kind of establish that, you know, this is who you are, but I I want you to understand that, you know, and I I think putting yourself in that position, that's really admirable. Um, and I think making, like making a music video out of it and being able in the end, like what a, like bonus, like your dad being able to be in it and to have that moment and to have it kind of on camera, captured in in time is so beautiful so yeah I mean with this album like there's there's so many other tracks too there's some really fun tracks as well not everything is like super heavy heavy. um there's some really fun tracks on it as well another track though that I really loved and I've listened to it a bunch now most recently since I knew we'd be chatting yeah and I'd love to hear more about your kind of the reason you wrote it and like what else you can share in regards to that. So I really love the Robin Williams track. Oh, and I'd love God, to that, know oh, yes. just, that song. Oh my God. I remember when I wrote it afterwards, I was like, I need to apologize to everybody that listens to this. Like, this is fucking sad, <laughs> but it, it's sad, but it's, it's just a really, like a really beautiful story you painted. And, um, you know, you open up talking about your kind of move out to LA and did that sort of, did you find like kind of a, a, a shift in just life at that point? I mean, physically, yeah. emotionally, um, kind of what went into like, what was going on in life then and kind of what inspired you to, to write that song? Yeah. Ooh, I remember it was, it was the peak of at the time, like you might not like her and fat funny friend and things were going viral and everybody was talking to me about, my fucking traumas and even though that is totally I get it like I'm talking about them publicly so of course other people are going to talk about them um that was hard on my mental health that was really hard and I didn't expect for it to be as hard as it was and I'm still processing that time period of my life and um there was just this level of expectation of vulnerability online and in general that I, that I felt that was just draining. And I think that I had gotten to a point where, you know, I was getting congratulated for all of this amazing stuff that was happening. That was amazing. That was like some of the memories that I call rocking chair memories that I will think back on my life forever. Um, But sometimes I think those moments, I don't, for some reason, I think some of the, the the moments where people would assume we should be the happiest and envy us the most or what all those kinds of things can sometimes be like the worst moments of our lives. And I've seen it a lot with just people in, in my life specifically too, especially as artists. Like there have been moments where I've seen my friends that are doing incredible things that I'm like, wow, like I'm, I'm so positive that they should be the happiest that they've ever been and it's miserable and it's lonely. And I had a taste of that. And I think that Robin Williams was kind of me reevaluating the things that I found my worth and joy in. And um, that, that line, the less that you're, or the more that you're adored, the less you're liked was really how I felt at that time period. It was just like, I felt like no matter the better my career did, the more my social life fell apart. Mm -hmm. And that 
was a really jarring thing to have to discover at 23 when I'm just now coming out of the closet, you know, like it was, it was a lot to process. And so Robin Williams is one of my favorite like childhood actors. And, and I just, I think mental health and fame, there's just a level of, it's, it's a heavy topic and I wanted to, to write that. So. And it's, I think it's the track that I really related to most, I think on the album, because I think, and I feel like not enough people talk about this when you kind of, whether it be like manifesting your dreams, setting your goals, I found it happen at least to me where you're working so hard to achieve one thing. And that thing is like the end all be all of your success. And you get to that point and you achieve it and it either feels great or it's just like, wait, (laughs) this was it. This was the feeling like what like what else now um and i've had that happen to me um a few times in life where it's like your eyes are really set on like the biggest prize and then you get there and you achieve it and you think like this is the path for me this yes. is what i'm supposed to do and then you just feel completely empty like this is not this clearly was not this is it not <laughs> what i no so it's, yes and it's so upsetting because you you romanticize the the end goal mm-hmm. so that you can bear the journey and go through things that the journey has to offer. And then when you hit that end goal, you're like, this was literally what got me through how fucking hard it was to get here. And now I'm here and I'm like, I did all that for this. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, a, it's very jarring and it's, success is very interesting and especially nowadays like I feel like because we see so much online and so much success online with everybody that it I feel like there's a level of of there's a lack of authenticity about how everyone is feeling when we get to the points that we we are you know and it just it's interesting I don't know yeah no it's it's a really interesting concept and I think especially in your early 20s as you're just like trying to find your footing in life. And I, I, I just think the whole like concept of having it all figured out and that you're supposed to just know what direction you're supposed to move in and what things you're supposed to achieve. Like that's just so heavy on its own. And um, yeah, I, I just think, especially when you, you know, look at fame, right. And just like you said, everything in the media the way society really uh, values success and like what constitutes a success to begin with. Um, I I think that's, it's a really interesting thing, but um, yeah, that track for me, I think was the one that really, it just really hit deep. And it, it, when you think of, yeah, somebody like Robin Williams and the success, the career, but then the isolation and um, yeah. Yeah, it, it it really kind of turns the table on like the things we value in life and yes. And yes. um yeah, just the concept of of success and and achievement as a whole. Um right. and happiness too. Wow, yeah, getting getting dark. What if there, literally, what if I love that like the line that I wrote, the first line that I had written was what if I find what if there's beauty in ordinary? What if I find or what if there is beauty in boring? What if I find solace in the ordinary? Like, what if I had become a teacher? And at that time, you know, I I was thinking about that a lot in that time period. And 
It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But no, and there, and there's genuinely so many beautiful songs, um, other beautiful songs on this album. I think, like I said, I, I really loved the way you just how the album kind of chronologically goes through your life yeah. and the different stages of your life and how you navigated that. And you did say in an interview, which I loved, you know, you you said you didn't write the songs to be relatable. You wrote them to heal. And if you wouldn't mind sharing, I'd love to ask, how yeah. did you find so the process of writing, putting out this album, and now people are able to listen to it and all that? How was the journey of healing? I think I'm still there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, this album is something that I'm super proud of. When I listen to it, it's really hard for me to listen to because that was one of the most chaotic years of my entire life. Like the fact that that album is so up and down, that is exactly how I felt the entire fucking year. Um, and now I think I've kind of left that, those songs and and really in some ways, I think solidified my voice in a way that I don't think that I had yet when I was writing it. Like, I think the reason that it's so, that I'm so proud of it is that it is such a piece of work. And by piece of work, I mean, it goes from a ballad to Mm -hmm. a fucking Prince-like song to like fucking a song that sounds like church. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it is a mess and it, it's almost like the the album was trying to find its identity when I was too. Mm -hmm. And then it was this like beautiful, like messy clusterfuck of noises that felt exactly a personification of my year and what I think is so interesting is that growing in is the last song and I feel like I'm still living in the growing in right now Mm -hmm. like I feel like I've left that year and I've found more stability I found more confidence in the person that I am and the person that I'm becoming um yeah I, I think I've really processed a lot of the things that I've been through and and I'm kind of writing that I'm kind of riding the after wave of a yeah. of a year like that. It's like a, I'm having a hangover right now. That's what I think it feels like. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. I, 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 you know, speaking of growing in, I think, and just, you know, looking at what we were just talking about with life and different stages, I think we're always sort of growing, right? It doesn't matter yeah, totally. how old we're getting. It doesn't matter how so- young we are. We are always growing um yep and I think I'm starting to really realize just looking I was just with some friends actually last weekend and we were just I don't know we were just kind of reflecting on life we've known each other since we were babies and um just kind of talking about the different stages of life we're currently in and the kind of parts of life that we just grew from yeah and also where we want to go where we're headed and I did, I had that kind of realization, like we, we really are always growing and we're always kind of stepping into ourselves. And I think myself as a friend, I was so proud looking at them and seeing like the women that they're yes. stepping into and becoming and what else they're going to continue to do. And I think that that is, it's because we're always growing. We're always going to find new parts of ourselves. Um, and yeah. I Have think- you been able to look at yourself like that? Do you think the same way that you? I think so. I think Good. so. Yeah. I. I feel like now I'm starting to do that. 
Um, cause life gets busy. Right. And I think especially, you know, as we just talked about success and, you know, you look at other people and it's like, oh, am I, you know, achieving what they're achieving? Am I living up to, but I I've kind of stripped away from that and realized success yeah. looks different on everybody. Yes. My path is not your path and your path is not my path. Mm-hmm. And we're we are continuously growing and I'm trying now to just cherish the moment that I'm in and and the person I'm growing into. And maybe I like where I'm at now and the person I'm growing into now, but maybe five years from now, I'm going to be growing into, you know, an even better, maybe different person. Um, And yeah, so I think I've, I've been like honing in and more aware of that. I'm so proud of you. That's huge. I think that's such a, once you have that life switch and I felt that this year too, like Mm. genuinely understanding, I always felt this like pressure, this like, why isn't it going quicker? Why isn't this happening? Why is it like this, just like this fanciness? And it would be like, I would have one good day where things would happen. And then the next day I'd be like, well, my career's over or damn, like I'm not Mm going to reach the goal that I want to. And I think that there. I literally think that life gets better when you genuinely believe that like the line is not, it's not linear. It's yeah. not. And it doesn't feel that way, especially for the emotional girlies. <laughs> and like, I have to be okay with the dips because that's what makes the ups. Like I, if it was always exactly. up all the time, I'd burn out. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. so funny. Cause even thinking about like, yeah, I just remember like, the kind of in between before I released the album and the EP when, when I was going through some like personal shit and part of the reason we had actually pushed the album because I was just really going through it. And um, it felt like a lag because I wasn't doing anything right. Like there's no music that I was offering. I wasn't online. And so of course there was kind of a moment where things felt quiet. And I just remember being so mad at myself because I was like, I remember when Fat Funny Friend, and you might not like her, was like at the peak and I was fucking miserable, like complaining about it. But then also when I'm resting and nothing, you know what I mean? And and no, I'm also complaining. So like, what the fuck do I want? And it it really took me, I'm so glad I had that moment where I was like mentally unwell because it gave me a time, like it really gave me a moment to like Mm -hmm. assess, okay, well, if I'm miserable in both, then what am I doing? And like figuring out how to enjoy it. And I think that regardless of what happens next and all those good, good things, I think that I've figured out a headspace and I've learned to enjoy this period. And therefore I think I will learn to enjoy what is next. If that makes sense. No, I love that. And I guess speaking of like things that are next. So yeah, album is out there in the world. People can go stream it. All the like, all the links to listen to it anywhere will be like in the episode description for when this comes out, but like new projects, things on the horizon, you're going on tour. Yes. What's Literally the energy? <laughs> the energy of the tour. I mean, it's like half like emo and half super gay and fun. And so like, I just can't wait. My favorite is on tour. There are like two things that I love about going on tour specifically with my listeners because I think the relationship that I have with my listeners is very different than I think a typical artist, like listener. It just is. And I think it's because every time they approach me, I never know 
like what trauma they relate to in a way. Like mm -hmm. when they come up and they're like, Maddie, like, oh my God, I know your music. I'm like trying to guess. I'm like, okay, is it like the gay shit that you relate to? Is it the religious stuff? Like, what is it? Like, tell me which one. So, <laughs> but then also I love tour because I can always tell the people that are coming to listen to my music because they're the people crying and the people that are like screaming that shit. And then there's always literally just partners that like, let me, I'll, let me give you an example of what they look like. And it's just very much just <laughs> standing next to them that like are questioning number one, who they're dating and mm -hmm. why the fuck they're in the environment that they're in. And is my favorite because I, it's like, okay, diehard person that's singing my music. Yeah, a partner that was definitely just dragged and has no idea how they ended up mm -hmm. here, and I am obsessed with it. So, <laughs> but I love tour; it is my favorite. What a good mix to keep it fun, though. <laughs> it is. It is. I love it. Oh my god! Anytime I'm like, okay, so who's the person with the camera, and who's the person that like we're going to be hugging really hard? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that, and I think it's yeah, it's so exciting to get. You know, we talked about these songs, this album, very emotional but very yeah. cathartic. And what a privilege to be able to share that and to share, you know, your heart and soul yeah. in the space of other people who are also relating to the things you're writing about. Yeah. Um, and I guess in terms of that, what are you hoping? Cause this really is, it's, it's almost like if like this album is like your memoir in some ways of your just 25 years here, but, um, you know, it is a really, like, it's a window to the world of your life yeah. and in sharing your personal experiences and your just opening up your heart in that way. What are you hoping that people take away from that listeners take away from it? Ooh. I hope that they don't feel as alone in the things that they're processing. And I also hope that it opens the conversation of saying stuff that we're afraid to say and being honest, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Um, I think that my listeners in a lot of ways, like most of them are coming off of the EP, which means that they've deconstructed at least one area of their life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I was writing this, like, what do you do after that? Where, where do you go from that? And I hope that it provides them with the after effect of that and a way to feel not so alone in, in the after effect of deconstructing something about yourself. And um, yeah, I hope that they feel like through my album, they have a friend or if not somebody who has gone through it that doesn't know the answer and doesn't know how to do it perfectly, but mm -hmm. at least has said it out loud. So it doesn't feel so scary, you know? Yeah. And isn't that like the beauty of music? You know, yeah. I mean, just it, it's such a comfort. I mean, there's so many artists for me that when I'm having a bad day or when I just yeah. honestly need to like, I, some days I just want to isolate, you know, yep. I'm, I'm very much a describe myself as like an introverted extrovert. I get you. <laughs> I'm I an energizer. Yes. Yeah. I'm an energizer yeah. bunny. I like to chat, but then yeah. the battery goes out. Yeah. Thank and you. Yeah. I need I need the time. So I feel like music truly is that thing, whether it's just like a morning commute and wanting to like, 
you know, remove myself from the crowded like train that I'm on or, um, I get it. Just, yep. Yeah. It, it just, it really helps. And it's been such a, like a comfort to me. And I think when you as an artist and looking at, cause even like you said, surpass this album, your EP that you released, I mean, you were still like dropping authenticity and vulnerability <sighs> in that. Yeah. And I think it's a very brave thing to be, you know, sharing so much of yourself and putting so much of yourself into your work. But um, the the reward that that's not only going to have for yourself, but for other people who are able to relate to that um, and to feel not so alone and and not yeah. so, you know, vulnerable themselves, yeah. I think is a really beautiful thing. And I just think that's the beauty of music. And and like I said, with with so many artists out there. I genuinely love finding new voices like yours, Maddie, who are just have so much to say um, of such importance and who I, I think really, you know, lead kind of the change in in the industry and what people are talking about. And yeah. You're so sweet. Thank you. That is, yeah, I don't shut up. So I appreciate that. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm really thankful for it for you. That was really, I don't take compliments very well, but that was really nice. <laughs> no, it's, I, I'm the same way. Can't, <laughs> I can't take a compliment. Um, but no, I think it's a really exciting speaking of chapters, speaking of growing, a very exciting chapter you're headed on with the wow. tour. Um, and I, it kicks off in February, right? Yeah. You should yes. come. Yes. I know. Come. I, I am going to have to check out the dates and um, the different locations. But I, I said like 2024 is going to be my year of concerts and traveling. Absolutely. Wait, what's the top concert you want to go and see? Oh, no. Well, wait, I did actually, I do know. I just did a really impulsive purchase. I purchased Chris Stapleton tickets for next year. So that's like a great choice. Yes. yes. Number one on yep. my list right now, but there's so many, oh my gosh, so many others. I saw a long shot, but saw Adele just released um, further weekend with Adele dates next oh year. I mean, what, we can, all, we can only I hope ever, and pray. If I ever saw Adele live. Like, I just think that I would be okay with, with like, like I could tap out after that. Like, yeah. I think I'd be okay. I feel like I came to do what I came to do once I see Adele, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Like yeah. I, Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. I, <laughs> God, take me now. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have to wait a little bit because I feel like that will genuinely be my peak and I'm not ready for that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, that'd be like just a, like a bucket list in itself, just like completely yeah. checked off. Um, but Maddie, you're right there up on the list. So I'm gonna be <laughs> checking. So sweet. Please come. <laughs> Literally message my message my team and let's I want to meet you. Seriously. Yes. That no, I, it would be I I think that's the thing I really love. Um and I've been going to some concerts over the past year. But um, with uh, the new year coming up, I'm like, I, I want to do more. I feel like COVID kind of, I don't know, put such a damper on things with getting out there yeah. and being amongst crowds and audiences and stuff. And I love, yeah. love live music. I love live music. So yeah. there's nothing like it. There's nothing no, like it. No, it isn't. It's like church, but we're whatever the hell they want to say. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so with um, all that coming up and a lot on the horizon and this new album and everything you kind of been going on in, in your world over the past year making this, um, I always love to end Maddie with 
has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned that's really helped you handle your life? Yes. Um, Yeah, actually, I've been learning a lot right now, but I think that the number one thing right now that I'm, I'm learning is friendships and the people that I surround myself with. And if you do not feel loved and uplifted by the people around you, there are a lot more people that will love you in ways that the people that you're with right now mm-hmm. don't. And I think that I've been really realizing, yeah, I, th- I just, I think that I'm learning how important community is and how the way that we feel about ourselves and the way that I'm not doing a very good job at this question. No, now. I get you. And it's, it's okay. funny because I actually was just having a conversation about this. Really? Again, like literally just the other day. It's something at, again, during periods of growth. One thing I've learned is there are relationships in my life where I am putting in more of an effort and not getting much love out of. Yeah. And you don't have to turn it into a negative thing, but you can kind of move yourself out of the situation peacefully and quietly. Yes. Yes. And just kind of separate yourself from situations where you're putting in like love and not getting love back. Um, Because I think these days, right? Like, whether it be, you know, friendship, love, like that stuff's important. We need that stuff. Yes. And you, I get what you mean. And it's a hard thing to put into words. It's so hard, it's like but we, you don't have to stay in areas that you don't feel good in. And yeah. not only that, but like, I'm realizing that I was, I was in spaces and fighting for spaces to to work for me when they just weren't the spaces that were supposed to work for me. And like, this has been the best season of, of friendship ever in my life because I am now expecting to, that I should feel good when I'm leaving friendship. I should feel good when I'm leaving a hang. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm finding spaces that are for me and I'm no longer blaming spaces that aren't. And I am just allowing myself to acknowledge that some things that are good for me are not good for other people and that we can just disagree on that and we can call it. And this has been the first time that I've really found community where I'm not, I don't know. I'm just, I've, I've really found good community this year and I, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I love that. And that was, no, that was so perfectly said at the end there. I think, um, yeah, it's just really taking notice of the people you're surrounding yourself with, the spaces you're in yeah, and making sure that you're finding, I guess, the peace within that, the love within that. Yes. Um, and if you're not, maybe it's just not, the, it doesn't have to be bitter. Just No, it doesn't. doesn't, have doesn't. It doesn't even have not to be that big of a deal. You. It's just not It's not it. the space yeah. for you. It's not the people for you. And that's okay. Oh. And I go out there that you'll find your, your place. (laughs) Yes. I've literally always seen people like leave environments and be like, Oh, like, it's just not for me. And I'm like, that's, I've never thought like, Oh, that's so rude. It's always been like, Oh, like good for them. But for me, I don't really afford myself the, the, 
the freedom to make choices for myself that maybe won't make sense for other people. And I'm not here to make other people happy. Like I am here to exist as kindly and as joyfully and as authentically as I can. And if there are spaces that are not allowing that and are not allowing space for me to grow and change my mind, then they're not my spaces. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, what's else there to say after that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the best. This was such a good This, this was a really good so, chat. so lovely. Thank you so much for coming on. And Maddie, where can people find you and follow along with your journey? Oh, well, therapy. And also, <laughs> um, you can find me online and I'll be going on tour. Um, but most of my usernames are Maddie Solomon. Yeah. Also, I play Among Us frequently, so if anybody wants to hit me up on that game, I also play that. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much. You were just an absolute sweetheart to chat with, and I I literally can't wait to see just the things you continue to do um, with music and and just with your career in general. But yes, hopefully I will see you out on tour and wishing you the best of luck with that. Thanks. It was so nice meeting you. Bye, Catherine. Well, everybody, how fun is Maddie? Like I said earlier, as soon as I started listening to her music, I was really just blown away by her vulnerability and the emotion that she poured into her songs. Now, if you'd like to go catch her on tour or start listening to her music yourself, I have linked all of her details in the episode description for you to do so. Thank you to Maddie so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you in two weeks with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.